Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 5, and I, I want to make sure, I believe I've already done this, but I want to say to you, Happy Father's Day. Can we give the fathers in the house a big hand? Amen. Thank you so much. Fathers are so important. And man, if you, you know, <laughs> preachers usually take Father's Day and beat the dads over the head and beat them up on Father's Day. But I'm not going to do that. Not just the fathers. I'm going to beat you all up, all of you up. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to beat nobody up. I'm going to beat the devil up, and that's it. Uh, but I want to thank you today for being here. And uh, Father's Day is typically one of the least attended services uh, for churches. Mother's Day is the, one of the largest other than Easter. But today you come, and you look beautiful, and you look wonderful. And I'm just so glad that you are here today. So happy Father's Day. I pray you got your kids with you. And maybe today Father's Day is difficult for you because your father has passed away. I understand that. Uh, and um, maybe you thought about not coming today because of just too many memories. Pastor's going to talk about daddies and, and I don't want to hear it and all that. And, but you came anyway and thank, thank, thank you for being here. Maybe, maybe today you're a father and the relationship between you and your kids is kind of sh strained. I feel that in my spirit today too, and I just want to tell you, I'm praying for you. And it's never wrong to steer to the side of love. To just love Amen. them right through it. You know, whose responsibility, and I'm going to get off of this in just a minute, but whose responsibility is it to make things right? Yours. But, but it don't matter. <laughs> Yours. I, me, if I ever have an issue or a problem or a grudge, it's me. I can't, I can't make them, it's, it's me. To make things right. And I don't know who that's for today. And I'm not even saying by saying that. That you're to blame. See when you become a child of God. Blame it makes no difference. You offer up forgiveness. In light of God's mercy and grace. Towards you. And I want to feel. I feel really led to say this. If you don't. Bitterness will set in. And you say, well, they don't, and here's another thing, and I don't know why I'm saying this other than I feel like I should. You say, well, they, I've done that, and they didn't say what I thought they should say back. Like, I, I accept your apology, and I want you to forgive me. No. Have no expectations of how they act in return. Just offer forgiveness. Life is too short. To let unforgiveness and bitterness have a grip in your life. Amen? Amen? I love you today. 
Now, back to our reg regularly scheduled program, which is whatever he wants. John chapter 5. I love the book of John. I'll tell you why. Because it's a little different than the rest of the Gospels. You've got the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synonymous. They're known as the synoptic Gospels. In other words, me, Josh, and Josh see the same thing. And we write about it. And we're writing about the same thing, but... I tell my story a little bit differently because I've seen things you didn't see. You see things I didn't see, and you see things neither one of us seen. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John is a little different. John is not a synoptic gospel. John said in the book of John, in the back at the end of the, his, his writings, he said, I wrote this. I if if I told you everything that Jesus done, there would not be enough books to contain all the miracles. But I put these in here that you may read them and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And right after he records this woman at the well receiving Jesus Christ in John chapter 5, we read of Jesus coming to a pool, the pool of Bethesda. I have cleverly titled, I say I did because God didn't do this, I done this. He probably wouldn't have titled it this. Pool party. Pool party. John chapter 5. After this, a Jewish festival took place. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the sheep gate. Now, this pool has been found, by the way. This, is really, this really happened. This pool, archaeologists have found this pool that we're talking about today. Uh, it was a pool that had five colonnades. Uh, five represents grace. But also, I believe in this pool because it was a, right in front of a Jewish temple, I believe that this also represented the law. We're going to see a picture of religion here. Not, not relationship, but religion, when we see this pool of Bethesda, here was the thought about it, that all the sick and the disabled and the blind, anybody with a disease, that they would lay around this pool, okay? And um, when the water was troubled, mainly at a festival, kind of like the festival of, Pas of, of, of Pentecost, is what is, is was thought this festival was, that at that time, there'd be so many people in the city that at that time, the water would be stirred and whoever could be the first one to jump in the water would be healed. Now that doesn't sound like the gospel to me. That sounds like self-effort to me. That sounds like the very opposite to me. And that's what was going on before Jesus ever came on the scene. They were living under the old covenant. They were living under rules and regulation and under law. How many laws did God give us? Do you remember? Ten. The Ten Commandments. But do you know how many they, we, they wound up with? Six hundred, I think, and thirteen. These were fence laws. In other words, something added to try to keep the original ten. 
because you can't keep the 10. Did, did you know this, that the Bible says that the law was given so that sin might increase? I hear people saying all the time, and it's good, it's true, but they'll, they'll argue and fight about the 10 commandments. They've been taken out of our courthouse. They've been taken out of our schools. Okay. But the Bible says that the Ten Commandments are powerless. Did you know that? Powerless in the fact that you can't keep them. It is a mirror. The commandments are a mirror. You look at the commandments and you find out that you aren't that good. Now there's somebody in here, over here in this section over here. Or it could be over here. Or it could be right here. Who's saying right now, I do pretty good, I'll have you know. I get almost eight of them right all the time. Well, whoop-de-doo. I'm telling you, that is so good, but God's not good, God's perfect. And the Bible says if you break one, help me, help me theologians, if you break one, what happened? You break all, you've broken all of them. Here's the beauty of the gospel. You can't keep those commandments. You can't. And so Ed, this is the time they were living in. They were living under the law. They were living uh, under these commandments. They were living under the rule of these religious Pharisees. And Jesus has come on the scene. And he's fixing to mess everything up. He is hated by the religious Pharisees, by the religious leaders, for things like I'm about to mention to you, what we're about to talk about. Here, this pool is in front, of, did I tell you that? In front of the Jewish temple. It, it, it mentions in uh, verse 2 that it's by the sheep gate in Jerusalem. Do you know what that is? See, this was a, this was a, this was, in fact, this was a festival. So they would take these sheep and they would be slaughtered. This is another old covenant practice where animals would be sacrificed, killed for the covering of our sin or their sin. The covering of their sin. The Bible says once a year at the time of atonement that they'd come and they'd have to offer up these sacrifices and the priest would do the work of the priest and offer these sacrifices so that their sin, listen, could, could be covered. We don't live in the old covenant. Our sins aren't covered anymore. <laughs> Our sins are exposed. But they're not exposed for Jesus to say, see, look at there. No, they're exposed so that they can be healed and not covered, but cured, eradicated, taken out, washed away. Is anybody excited about that? Is anybody thankful for that? That our sins aren't just covered, but they're taken out of the way? So here you've got this pool in front of a Jewish temple with a sheep that are fixing to be sacrificed with five colonnades with the hope that some of these sick people can beat another sick person, elbow them, push them out of the way to try to get in the water to be first so that they can be healed. All of this sounds like religion to me. Law. See, because the gospel is not the 
the first shall be first. What does the kingdom say? What does the gospel say? That the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Well, doesn't the Bible say, Pastor, that uh, Jesus will help those who help themselves? No. You know actually who says that? What says that? The Quran says that. Jesus doesn't help those who help themselves. (laughs) Jesus helps those who know that they can't help themselves. Jesus helps those who say, I surrender. I'm about to trip trip over nothing. I don't know. (laughs) Tell me how that works. If I was a police officer, okay, let me tell you how I'd police. If I pull, first of all, if I was a policeman, I would not go up, pull you over and go up to your car. Heck no. I would not do that because y'all are, especially some of y'all's cars, because y'all are crazy. <laughs> y'all would mace me in the face or something. No way. If I, I, that's the most dangerous thing you can do if you didn't know it. That's one of the most dangerous things officers can do. They got their own things and rules and all that. That's good. They have to do what they have to do. But if it was me and I was the sheriff and I was the police department and it was just me and I was calling all the shots, I'd make you get out of your car. It sounded like this. I pull you over and I'd say, get out of your car. I mean, please. Um, with your hands up. All the way up. Get further away from the car. Back on up to me. Can y'all hear that? Is that coming through like a radio? I'm trying to make it. I see Pookie in there too. He's got to get out as well. And I'd say, put your hands up. Because I want to see them. I don't want you going in your pockets. I don't want you tying your shoe. I done seen all the cops, every one of cops episodes. I ain't giving you time to swallow it, hide it, throw it out, make somebody else eat it. I ain't doing nothing. Come out with your hands up. And if y'all know what I'm talking about, you need to watch cops. So, uh, why do they make you do that? Because with your hands up, you know what you're saying? I surrender. In other words, I ain't trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to go for anything. I give up. And let me tell you something. When you surrender and when you give up and when you quit fighting and when you quit trying. and when, Is anybody listening to me right now? And when you quit trying to work things out. See, the problem is we like to hold on to everything we've got. We think we can hide it. We think we can fix it. We think we know the answer. We think that we've got everything covered up. We think we've got all our tracks covered and we're familiar and comfortable with what we've got going on in our lives and we hold on to it. But can I tell you, if you want to find freedom, if you want to walk in victory, if you want to live in God's best, you've got to throw your hands up in the air and surrender and let go of everything in your life to grab hold of God. 
But this here sounds like religion. It doesn't sound like surrender. It sounds like great effort to be the first one. Look what it says. After this, a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate. In Jerusalem, there's a pool called Bethesda, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled, listen, for 38 years. For 38 years, this man had been trying to get into this water. For 38 years, this man come at festival, at the time of feast, he would come to this pool knowing that he couldn't get in. He's going to tell you in just a little bit, he has nobody to put him in. That he couldn't do it. He was, he was disabled. He was, he was paralyzed. He would have to crawl to try to get into this pool. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Now the first thing I want you to look at right here is when Jesus saw him. Are you listening to me right now? You can't hear me. You, I've heard people say, I found Jesus. Well, was, where was he? Was he lost? You don't find Jesus. That's the gospel backwards. The, the gospel is not you reaching up to God. No, the gospel is God reaching down to man. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact is, and this is why salvation is such a great miracle, and, and, and it's because you cannot come to Jesus on your own. You can't come to uh, the conclusion that you are a sinner on your own. Now we think we do. We think you hear a good message and you think, oh, I think I'll make a decision to serve God. You hear the gospel, and you, but that's not what happens. No, Jesus sets his eyes on you. Oh, this is a love story, isn't it? Isn't this good? Isn't this great that you are a sinner, that you were lost, that you didn't even know you were lost? Is there anything worse than being lost and not knowing you're lost? Think you're heading in the right direction and you're not heading in the right direction? And that's who we were before we got saved. But what happened is not us reaching out to God. No, what happened was God reached down to man. While everybody was looking at the water, that's what they were looking for. They were looking for something to stir up in the water. And this, this paralyzed man was going to jump in the pool first. And everybody was staring at the water. But Jesus was looking. While this man was staring at the water, Jesus was looking at him. See, before you get saved, you're looking at everything else but Jesus. You got your plan, don't you? You think you know how it's going to work out. Help me preach, Jesus. You think you know how it's all going to work. You think you know how you got it all planned out. And you know what the Bible calls you? You're a fool. If you think you know what's going to happen tomorrow, you are so fooled. You don't have a clue what's going to happen to you in the next 10 minutes. 
people are focusing and looking and thinking they got it all worked out and you're looking at the water. You got a plan. You got a false hope. You got a false hope. Here this paralyzed man is thinking I'm going to get it all worked out. I'm going to get in this pool. But there were more able-bodied people than him. He wasn't fast enough. He wasn't smart enough. He wasn't quick enough. He didn't have the right connections. But Jesus was looking at him. And Jesus asking, do you, sir, excuse me, sir. Hey, I'm looking. I don't know if this happened, but it could have. Excuse me, sir. <clears throat> Leave me alone. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm waiting. Yeah, but I, I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, but I'm just, hold on. I've missed this for 38 years. But I, I think I got just Jesus asking, do you want to be well? Well, of course I want to be well. That's why I'm staring at this water. But I have nobody. Put the next scripture up there. Verse 7. Of course I want to be well. I have no one to put me in the pool though. See, he's still focusing. The paralyzed man is still focusing on his plan. I have nobody to put me in the pool. I have nobody. When the water stirred up, and then when I go to try to get in the pool, somebody gets in there in front of me. What he didn't realize was the water that he needed to get into was the fountain standing right beside him. Jesus says, I love this. He didn't go deep into deep. This man's trying to explain his situation. Well, I want to get in the water. Of course, I want to be healed. I'd be, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to get healed. But nobody's, everybody else has got a friend or a cousin or an uncle or somebody to put them in the water. I'm by myself. And then when I think I'm going to get in, somebody gets ahead of me. Jesus doesn't try to explain the next part. He doesn't try to get... It all straightened out. He doesn't address the issue of him being by himself. He doesn't address the issue of him not being able to get in the pool. The next thing he says is, get up. Mm. I love that about Jesus. He doesn't ask you to try to figure it out. He doesn't want to know, now tell me what, what's wrong. What's going on? Why don't you have, no, I'll try to help you. Just t tell me. No, he knows everything about you. He knows the situation you're in, the condition you're in. He knows about it better than you do. In fact, he sees you now. He also knows what tomorrow is going to bring. He knows what next week is going to bring. And how foolish of us to think about our plan and about us trying to fix ourselves and help ourselves. I can't help myself. I, can't, I have totally given up on trying to be a better 
person. I cannot be a better me. You know what was wrong with me? Me. That's why I had to die. I've been crucified with Christ. But nevertheless, I live now. But it ain't I who lives. I, I is dead. Now Jesus lives in me. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what'd he say? What'd he say? Get up. The same thing he said to Peter. When Peter, Jesus was walking on the water. And what'd he say to Peter? Come. In Matthew chapter 11 and I think 28, some, I think. Come unto me. Come unto me. All you who are weighed down and carrying heavy burdens. You ain't got to try to explain it to him. He knows what's going on and he knows what you need. And what you need is to come to him. You see, the law, the, the law kept us apart. Do you know that? And when the law was given on, on, Mount, on, on uh, Mount Sinai, when the law was given, you couldn't, you couldn't get to that mountain. In fact, when God was speaking to Moses, you know what the people said? Tell God to be quiet. We can't take it no more. We're scared to death of God and his, this voice. It sounds like trumpets. And they put a fence around the mountain so that nobody could touch the mountain, not even the animals. And they said, if you touch the mountain, you die. If your animals touch the mountain, you die. What about Moses and the, and the burning bush? He, he, he sees a bush, it's burning, but it's not consumed. It's God. God starts talking out of the bush. Moses says, wow. And he tries to get close to the bush. And you know what God says? Stop. Don't come any closer. Why? Because God's perfect. Moses was a good man, but he wasn't perfect. He said, don't come any closer. He said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. But something happened. About 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross becoming sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. On the cross, the Bible says, our sins were nailed on the cross. The obligations, the law, all that we had broken, our sin debt was nailed to the cross and taken out of the way. And on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth, they, the soldier took a spear, you remember that? And shoved it in the side of Jesus and out from his side flowed this perfect, precious blood and something happened between the, Moses saying God telling Moses not to come any further uh, any closer and to us now where the Bible says if we want to get close to God we can get just as close to him as we want because the ground between Moses and the bush has been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus and Jesus walked right up into that pool he walked right up into this man who'd been sick for 38 years. And you know what we say around here, right? It don't matter what you've done, no matter how long you've done it or who you've done it with. We believe restoration is available for everybody. I've had people tell, I, well, it don't matter. I'm not even going there. I don't care if you're an atheist. Did I have already said this? I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're a homosexual. I don't care if you're an alcoholic. I don't care if you beat your wife. I care, I care. I don't care if your wife beats you. I don't care where you were at last night. 
What I do care about is that you're here today. And I'm telling you right now, if you're doing those things, it's okay. You're a sinner. That's what sinners do. And some people say, well, I was born that way. I say exactly right. Now we're on the right path. You were born that way, but Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born again. That's your freedom. That's your liberty. That's your strength. That's your peace. That's your only hope. And I want to be a church that welcomes in people. I don't care if you've been like that for 38 years. I don't care if you're like Nancy this morning and you've been that way for 74 years. It don't matter. Can I tell you, your case is not too hard for God. You haven't done too much. You haven't said too much. You haven't went too far. You haven't committed too many sins. You hadn't, you hadn't shook your fist at God too many times and said, I don't need you. Hey, some of you in here this morning, you said, that pastor is crazy. He's weak. And the people in that church is weak. They need something to help them get through this life. You are so right. I need some, it ain't something, it's someone. It's someone, I said, his name is Jesus, the son of the living God. The perfect, righteous Lamb of God. You're right. I need Him. You're you're right again. I'm weak. I can't do anything on my own. I can't even walk without Him holding my hand. I can't do it. I can't live it. I can't work it out on my own. I'm telling you right. I am crazy. You're right about that too. I'm crazy about Jesus. Anybody that picks up this gospel has had to deny themselves and take up the cross, call me crazy. But... I'm telling you, I'm in love with Jesus. And and when you get in love with Jesus, when you realize Jesus loves you, you could care less what people think about you. But I'm telling you right now, God's calling some of you. He's drawing some of you right now. And what I'm saying don't seem as crazy as it did this morning. Things are changing. That's because God's calling you. He's drawing you. He's speaking to you. And you're trying to fight it with everything that's within you. Guess what? We've all been there. We tried to do it. But I'm telling you, you'll never have a life worth living until you give up the life that you've got. The Bible says if you lose your life, you'll find your life. But if you try to save your life, You will lose your life. I'm telling you today, you and me are that man at the pool trying to get our own healing, trying to get ourselves right, trying to jump in the pool, be the first. We're continually beating our head against the wall, constantly walking in defeat because we can't do this without Jesus. Let me keep on going. He told the man, get up. And Jesus said, I want you to pick up your mat and walk. Now this man's paralyzed. He asked him to do something that he cannot do. That he couldn't do. That's faith. Jesus is asking you to believe on him which you cannot see. That's faith. In fact, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not sight. Not by what we can see. Or us Pentecostals love what we can feel. But what if you can't feel it? This ain't about a feeling. Whether I feel him or I don't feel him. 
whether my emotions get a little tickled or they don't get tickled. It doesn't change the fact that he's seated at the right hand of God and that he gave his life for me and that he loves me. Whether they sing my song or they don't sing my song, whether a preacher makes me happy or he makes me kind of sad, that's on you, man, because I'm preaching the gospel. You had to figure that out when you get home. I'm not living by what I feel. I'm living by faith. And that's what touches the hem of God. And that's what gets God's attention. And he said, get up. Get your mat and walk. And listen, to this is salvation. Listen. And instantly, the man got well. Can't walk. The moment he decided, I hear this man. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Jesus is the word. And Jesus, the word, is speaking the word. And he said, get up. And this man never, for 38 years, hadn't been able to get up. Muscle. You know what happens in 38 years? When you don't walk, you don't have any muscles. I know people that's been on a ventilator for three weeks and they had to learn how to do everything all over again. Can you imagine 38 years? And the Bible says, no, instantly. He got up. I tell people in New Believers, and if you're a new believer, you need to come to New Believers. And if you're a dried up, stale believer, you need to come to New Believers. And you know what I tell them? There is no such thing as I'm kind of saved or I'm getting saved. You're either saved or you're not saved. If somebody tells you, and I tell them this, if somebody tells if you really want to be saved, like really saved, I said, as soon as they say that, I said, tell on them. Tell on them. Tell me. And I'll get on to them. And I'll mark those who cause dissent. You don't think I will? You don't think I will? You can talk about me all day long, but if you start messing with somebody in their faith and you start discouraging them and perverting the gospel, I got, a, I got an assignment on my life to say, you are a liar and you need to shut up or you need to get right. And I'm just telling you, I will try me. I'm telling you, try me. Try me. There's no such thing as kind of getting saved. Or listen, Nancy got saved today at 74 years old. And it, she's just as saved as the person who has been saved for 74 years. Just as saved. Just as. Are you ready? Just as righteous and holy as Jesus is. Oh, some of that makes some of you funny. It makes you feel weird. Because I say, I say you're like Jesus. I didn't say you act like Jesus. I didn't say your performance was like Jesus. But your spirit man is like Jesus. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you better know about that. Because if it ain't, you ain't going to heaven. You are no way can you stand before God if your spirit man is not holy and righteous. I'm not talking about you act holy and righteous all the time. Or your performance, 
your performance is perfect, but I'm saying the spirit within you, in you has to be righteous and has to be perfect. And that's the only way you'll hear a well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the only hope that you have. There is no, I'm kind of saved or I'm getting, I'm getting more saved or uh, no, you're instantly well. Before he got well, though, you know what they asked him? Do you want to be well? Did you know everybody don't want to be well? Everybody don't want to get well. Some people like being sick. I think I'll preach for a moment. They like even sickness. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual. Because they, it's, you know why? Because it's familiar. You're scared of the unknown. What if I do this? Okay, what if I surrender my life to God? But then what? I can't act like those church people. I can't live like whoever. You can't right now. But you're getting the cart before the horse. You're trying to get cleaned up before you get saved. Uh, you don't take a shower before you get in the tub, do you? Or get in the tub before you take a shower, do you? First of all, if you take a tub, a bath, you're a little off anyway. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a little secret just for a minute. A guy now. Women, I know y'all like to soak and, 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 and I don't know, scrub your heels. I don't know what you do. But anyway, I, I take a shower. I got a big old shower. I got a shower, you go back a big rig in for a reason. And uh, so, but let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't take a bath. I had a man tell me the other day, and if you take a bath and you're a man, I'm not talking about you. You do what you want to do. But I told a guy, I think, I really feel like I was led, to, and I'm way off track now. I shouldn't even say this. But I'm going to. I told that man, I said, listen here, we need to have a conversation. I said, you're a grown man. I said, you need to quit taking baths. I said, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. I said, you just spend all that work scrubbing your body with that rag and soap. I said, and then you take and you rinse yourself off with the water that your butt's been sitting in. Now, ain't that the truth? <laughs> now, y'all work out your, your own salvation <laughs> with fear and trembling. This man was trying to think, and sometimes we do this, we want to get clean before we get right. We want to get things right before we go to church. I've had people tell me, I, I'm going to go to church, just give me a little time. There's some things I need to stop doing. No, 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 no. Just come on. Why are you doing them? Come on. I don't care if you've just done it. 
I don't care if you had to go in the bathroom and do it. Oh, yeah, listen, I done found marijuana. We done found all kinds of drugs in this church before. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they was hiding it here. I don't know if they were dropping it off to somebody. What I like to think is that the Holy Ghost got a hold of them and they just had to drop it wherever it was at. I can't carry this stuff no more. So I'm telling you, I don't care if you're right in the middle of it right now. I don't care if you're right doing it right now. You done it last night and you got here. Let me tell you who's here. It ain't me. I'm here, but that ain't what's important. It ain't your neighbor. God is here right now. There's a, there's a pool of Bethesda right here. And there are sick. This is not a museum for good people. This is not a museum for sanctified saints. No, this is a hospital for the broken and the hurting. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Instantly, this man got well. But he asked him, do you want to be whole? And you would think probably, well, everybody wants to be well. Not the truth. Why, why didn't the tons of people just run up to Jesus when, when they seen him? Because their eyes were on the water. Their eyes wasn't on Jesus. Their eyes were on the water. Did you know you can be really close and really far? You say, it ain't no way. How could these people, how, how, I just don't see that. That this man would heal this man at the pool and all these other sick people wouldn't run up to Jesus wanting to be healed. Why? Well, I see it every Sunday. I see it every Sunday. I see miracles take place every Sunday. And I see people sick come in here, spiritually sick. They're in the same service. They hear the same preaching. They're in the same building. They've heard the same music. The same God is drawing them. And one right beside them receives the greatest miracle of all. And they walk out of here in the same condition they came in. You can get close and be real far. I remember, and I get this story a little backwards, so just go with it. I'm not lying. I remember Bryce ran out of gas. Yeah, I'm talking about you, buddy. It's okay. He ran out of gas. Somehow, we were going home. Go check. I said, I'll go get him some gas. I'll, I'll help him. I'll be a good Samaritan. Well, I looked down the road. Bryce wasn't nowhere to be found. I said, he's a joke. Bryce is a jokester, too. You didn't know that. He plays the guitar up here. And he, he's, he's got a good sense of humor. He's very quiet until he's not quiet. <laughs> but anyway, he ran out of gas. You know where I found him at? At the gas station. Was that right? Why was you at the gas station? Because you always get this wrong. I always get this wrong. Or y'all tell me I get it wrong. Tell me the right story. The car shut off. And so I posted it by the gas station. But it was bagged. Oh! <laughs> Did you hear what he said? He ran out of gas. Coasted it into the gas station. Thought he got to the pump and everything was okay. And when he got to the pump, it had a bag on it. <laughs> Out of order. That's even worse, Bryce. 
There he is on the wrong side of the pump, out of reach, close, but yet far. It's very sad that today people will get real close, but close ain't good enough. I told you God is what? Perfect. Good ain't good enough. So if good ain't good enough, self-effort ain't good enough, this man was too disabled, he was too slow to get in the water, he had to have an encounter with Jesus. He told the man, get up, and instantly the man got well. Listen, picked up his mat and started to walk. Listen how beautiful this is. The very thing that carried him, he picked it up. And walked out with it. The thing that controlled him. Now he had control of. Huh? Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But I guarantee you this man. Didn't need that mat anymore. He put it up in his closet. He gave it up to another blind man. Or, or a paralyzed man. Excuse, or blind man. Or a paralyzed blind man. He gave it away. He threw it in the trash. He done something with it. But he didn't need it anymore. I'm reminded of a story that's kind of similar to this. It was the blind beggar. He heard Jesus was coming through town. He couldn't see, but he heard that Jesus was coming through town. And you know what he said? He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him said, hey, shh, hush. Leave Jesus alone. He ain't got time for you. No, that's exactly who he has time for, by the way. He didn't hush. He got even louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, hush. Be quiet. Leave him alone. He got louder. Jesus, thou son of David, get over here, man. I need help. And Jesus heard him. Bring him. Hey, hey, bring him to me. Then the same ones that were saying to shut up was like, oh, okay, hey, Jesus wants to talk to you. <laughs> oh, come on, Jesus wants to talk to you now. Well, you're just telling me to shut up. See, I'd have had like a two-minute conversation with him right there. I, no, I probably wouldn't. Anyway, so I was blind. So he was blind. He gets up, and you know what he does? He takes off his beggar's garment and lays it there on the ground. This, this beggar's garment signified that he was a beggar. They used this garment to keep warm. They also used it to collect their money, the donations that were given to them. But he knew that when Jesus called him, he wasn't going to need this beggar's garment anymore because he was not going to be a beggar no more because God was going to heal him of his blindness. Can I tell you something? When God calls you, you leave everything else behind. You let it go. You let it go. I mean, one more thing. Why would, he, why would he ask him if he wanted to be well? Why would he? It was, a, it was a, making a good living being a beggar. He was, an, an Easterner would make a good living being a beggar. Holding on to what was familiar. But God's got something greater for you this morning.
And today, if you'll just let go of everything you think, everything you think you know, let go. Let it go. Everything you think you can fix and straighten out, forget it. Every step you think you need to take before you can become a Christian, before you can put the... Some of you right now, you're a drug addict. You're an alcoholic. You're addicted to pornography. You're a glutton. The list could go on and on and on. You are full of rage. You cuss and you fight and you're angry all the time and you're mad all the time. Uh, The list could go on and on. And you think, I'll get this straight first. No, 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 no. I forget all that. Jesus is asking you, do you want to be well? If you want to be well, get up. Stand with me all across the building, singers, musicians. I would ask you to give me five minutes if you just wouldn't move. The most important thing today that can happen is going to happen right now. And it is the greatest miracle of all. So everybody get settled, get in place. And I want to ask you a very serious question. Hear me now. Last week, I remember, and today's Father's Day, it could have been... Seemed like it was last week because last week I seen men, I'm talking about big old men, like the size of me and William. Strong men, like I, with nice figures like me. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know what I, where I was going there. Anyway, I seen them crying with tears, man. And I said, I said, today you're going to be the daddy that you always wanted to be. Oh, man, you, you, it seemed, when I said that, it was like the river broke through and ran through this place, man. See, here's the thing, and I want you to listen to me. Almost everybody here is a good a good person, bring it down a little bit, is a good person. Based on being good and, and what the world calls good. But that ain't good enough, y'all. You gotta have Jesus. And I told him, I don't know what got into me last week, or week before last. I sat down with a, with a bank, at a bank. I'm not gonna tell you where it was at or who it was. And I sat down and I was talking to them and I was talking to them about this expansion. And I really just didn't like how the meeting was going, I'll be honest with you. He didn't seem near as excited about giving out the money as I did about for us receiving it. So the whole thing turned around. I don't know what got into me. I just started talking to him. I mean, he shut the door. So it was a private conversation. He had already told me he didn't have nothing going on until lunch. And it was only 10 o'clock. So we started talking and I said, man, I, I got to ask you a question. I know we're talking about church and you've asked me a lot of stuff. And 
I said, but, and I know you go to church. You done told me that. I said, and that's good and everything. But have you had an encounter with Jesus? I mean, I mean, and listen to what I'm saying now. I say, I say, I'm saying like one that you can mark down. You know that this is when everything in my life changed. I said, do you have that? Oh, while I'm saying this, I got like all kinds of things going through my mind. Like, why are you telling him this? He ain't never going to let y'all borrow the money. And then part of me is like, I'm having this conversation with myself and the devil and God. And we're fussing and fighting. Anyway, I keep on talking. I said, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about being baptized. I gave him the whole spill. And y'all know how I get, I toned it down just one notch from what, how I'm acting right now. <laughs> I said, I'm not talking about being baptized. I said, you can be baptized till your skin is wrinkled. You can soak in water. You can be christened as a baby. You can be christened every year. You can, you can be the member of every church in Waycross. I'm talking about have you had an encounter with Jesus? One that will radically change your life, transform you from the inside out. One that you can't, you can't, you can't, you just can't even explain. It's so good and it's so great and it's so life transforming. He said, I don't know. Oh, if you have what I'm talking about, won't you know? Don't you know? There's a lot of things I don't know about. I mean a lot. I can't figure out. I would sit on my, over my bed thinking about how people would, be, would die at such an early age and I'd just sit here and I'd wreck my brain. Things that happen that I don't understand, there's plenty. There's one thing I do know. I do know that Jesus has radically saved me. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about when you ask somebody if they're saved and they tell you what church they go to. That ain't, that ain't what I'm talking about. You, are you saved? Yeah, I go to so-and-so church. That ain't what I ask you. Have you, been, you. Okay, you go to church, but have you been to the cross? Have you got down on your knees? And the only way you can get there is down on your knees. Have you got down on your knees and got to the cross? Cried out to God. You say, well, I don't do all that. I'm a man. I'm an adult. Well, until you come as a child. Until you can get down like a child. Such is the kingdom. You got to realize you got to hear God now. You've heard me, but have you heard God? I've been through all the calls. I know how they go, Heather. I've been through them. You take it. I've seen it. I've been there. I've experienced it. I've held on to the seat. I felt God drawing me. And by, by the way, that's the only way you can get saved. This ain't no worked up thing. I don't practice this. If I did, it wouldn't work. But God is drawing you today. He's compelling you today. He's knocking on your heart today. He's asking you today. I, I, 
said he's knocking on your heart today. I want to ask you, is your, can you hear it today? Because it, for those he's speaking to, it sounds like that. It's loud. You can hear it. It's clear. You know it's God. But what are you going to do with it? See, I'd love to say that you have, you can be 74 years old and get saved. But I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen. And we're not supposed to put anything off till tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today, 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 Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. He's knocking. And he's wanting to know, will you come in? Come unto me. Get up. I don't care how long you've been down. Get up. I don't care how long you've tried to get up. You can get up today. I said you can get up today. Amen? You can get up today. Yeah, but I've tried. Yeah, but have you tried Jesus? I've went to church. I'm not talking about church. Have you tried him? I've been through an altar call. I know what it looks like. I know when God's leading you and drawing you, you'll grab hold of this chair like it's... I'm not going. I'm not moving. I'm not giving in. Take it for me. But would there be anybody in here? Would there be anybody in here this morning who could encourage somebody today and say, Give in? Amen. Would you? Give in. Would you? How about you? You got saved a couple weeks ago, a couple yes, months sir. ago. Yes, sir. Real, ain't it? Yes, sir. It's real, ain't it? Would you tell them to give in? Yes, sir. Ronnie, how, how, how long has it been since you've been saved? 45 years. What would you tell people today? Get in. Get in. Get in. Give in. Get up. Carl, what would you tell them today? The best thing that would ever happen to you. The best thing that happen to you. Tim, is it real? Don't wait. Don't wait. I want you to look at me right now. I'm not asking you to bow your head or close your eyes. I want you to look at me. And I want you to hear this pastor today. I used to say I wouldn't beg. I'm, I'm, I'm a beggar. I beg. I beseech you, brethren, in the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable act of worship. This is what God has called you to do, to get up and to say, God, my life is not my life. I can't do this. I need you. And you know what he'll do? He'll never put you to shame. He will never put you to shame. Hallelujah. He'll never put you to shame. His answer to you, listen, is always 
Yes. You just got to get up. Step out. Oh, God, I know I'm talking about her a lot. But for those of you who are in the 9 o'clock service, wasn't many of you that's here now, but she couldn't hardly walk. Knees wore out. And she came with tears running down her face. I said, you here to get saved? You here to get saved today? Yeah. I'm 74 years old. And I've never, never been saved. I said, did you hear the Lord? Did you feel Him drawing you today? Oh, yes. But that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I don't get it. I, it is the greatest miracle. It's beyond con- comprehension. And I've shared this with you. I'll share it again. Think about it. Ariel, you're fixing to have a baby. God, God done that. Nobody can do that, but God. Today, babies are being born. God created this whole world. He put the earth on the exact tilt and it's spinning and babies are being born. Grandmothers are on their knees crying out for their children, their grandchildren. Right now, somebody across the world already had church and people got saved. Right now in a jungle somewhere where there is no church. In a people group that don't look like me and you. Never seen what we've seen. Right now God has manifested himself to them. And with all this going on. God doing all he does. Right now, here at 3205 Memorial Drive, down one of these aisles right now, God is speaking to you, calling out your name. Calling your name. Now, friend, you've got to do something with that. You've got to do something with it today. I want to ask you, if God is drawing you, if He's compelling you, I make this to daddies, to men. This, I'm compelling moms and daughters, sons, the old and the young. See, this is not a miracle to some of you. Or you treat it like it was. But to those who have experienced what I'm talking about. And those who feel the compelling of the Holy Ghost. You know it's real right now. And I'm asking you. Don't think about it. Don't try to figure it out. If God is drawing you, would you come now? Would you come?
Step out. I know it's hard. I know it is. I know it takes swallowing pride. But how'd you, I'd rather you swallow your pride now than to think about this for all eternity. One day you had the opportunity and you had the chance, but you didn't get it right. You say, what do I got to do, pastor? I got to join the church? No, you got to join the family of God. How do I do it? You got to believe what I said today is more than me just saying it. That it is the word of God. That it's God calling out to you. Don't harden your heart. Don't reject it. Don't resist it. Give in today. Is there anybody that would receive Jesus today? Step out. Come to me. Well, what will people think about you? What will they think about me? They'll think, You've, this is the best day of your life. They said, come. They said, I'd do it again. If I, if, if I knew what I knew now, I'd have done it earlier. So is there anybody right now? I feel in my spirit today, and it's not for the sake of just dragging things on. It's the sake of eternity. It's for, it's for with eternity, eternity in mind. I want you to be a missionary right now. See, this is a personal thing. I want you to ask the person next to you. I want you to man up, woman up. And I want you to ask the person next to you. Do you need to go down to that altar? Because if you need to, I'll go down with you. You say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know if we should be doing that. You mean like they done in the Bible? You mean like when, when we shouldn't be doing what they done when, when, when the paralyzed man couldn't get to Jesus? But he had four good friends and the four good friends got him dressed, put him on the stretcher, loaded him up where Jesus was. When they got there, the house was full, but they still didn't quit. They dropped him down through the roof and Jesus saw their faith and he saved his soul and healed him of his disease. Right now, let's be biblical. Ask the person next to you, if you need to go down to the altar, I'll go with you. Ask them right now. And if they say yes, you grab them by the hand and you come. Would you ask them? Husbands, wives, this would be the greatest decision you've ever made. Right now, we got time. Ask. Anybody? Come on. You need to be here today. Who is this to you? You're her daddy? Amen. Happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. This is your daughter. This is your daughter. 
come to get saved today. Yeah. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody? If we went back to our story, I would tell you, it seems that the waters are stirred. I'd come. I wouldn't wait. You felt Jesus drawing you, didn't you? Sometimes that's what it takes. Thank God. Amen. Anybody else? Before we pray, what would you tell them right now? You've done it. What would you tell them? Would you tell them to come? Get up. Get up. Get up. If she can do it, you can do it. One more time. I'm asking. I'm begging. If you don't know Jesus today, I'm asking you. She's already came. Why don't you go ahead and say the prayer? Because she just got up. And I'm telling you right now, she's, just, she's already saved now. Because she stepped out in faith. We're going to pray a prayer. that she already believes what she heard. Is there anybody else that can get up? Grab your wife by the hand. Your wife, grab your husband by the hand. If you're not saved, make it right today. Is this it? Is this it? This is why Jesus came. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Are you ready? You pray it. Believe it. All right. Say, Lord, here I am. I heard your word. I believe it. I felt you drawing me. I felt you compelling me. And I'm giving in. I need you, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and you rose again for me. And I'm going to live for you. Thank you for your grace. For your mercy. For your love. For your goodness. I receive it all today. I turn away from my old life. I'm going to live for you. In Jesus name. Amen. Can somebody give God praise? This is Gail. Gail, this is Ashley. She's, yeah, she's going to get you to feel something out. Listen to me real quick. What you've seen today is a miracle. I'd get as many people as I could to hear this gospel. To hear it. It's your job. It's, your, it's our duty to make sure that people hear the gospel to compel them so that the house may be filled. For just numbers? Not. But for numbers. Because the Bible says all heaven rejoices when one, one. So is it about numbers? Oh yeah, it's about numbers. Even one, even one. So compel them. Get them here. Tell them yourself. Whatever you got to do so they can hear the gospel. I won't back down from it. I won't move from it. I tried. I, I tried, but I can't. 
I tried, I, I, I did, I really did. I thought, well, maybe we need to go in another direction, but this is the only direction. This is what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. And we are seeing miracles. We have seen two people go from life to death today. We've seen 14 people last week go from life, death to life today. Excuse me. From death to life. And I want you to lift your hands right now. What we celebrate, I think we'll see replicated. Right now, Father, we thank you. We don't take it for granted. Wow. What a God. How rich is your mercy. How rich is your grace. How rich is your love. Lord, now, I thank you. I give you praise. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for salvation. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. And we believe we're going to see more salvation, more life, more testimonies of transformation in this place, in this city, in this region, in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Well, you can give Jesus some praise right now. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.